Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Withered? Me and Josh are back again, reviewing the John Wayne Cleaver series by Dan Brown, in part. Dan, Dan Brown? Or by Dan Brown, by Dan Wells. Man, maybe if we ever scrape the barrel real low, we can start reviewing Dan Brown books. <laughs> There's no chance we ever get, we could ever do a better review than John Oliver did with his uh, oh, Da Vinci that. Code rant. So if you haven't watched yeah. that, you should. It's hilarious. So Dan Wells. In part because we, we were inspired to read this series, in part because he is co-writing with Brandon Sanderson going forward in the Cosmere. So, and we're kind of decided, I think both and I, Josh and I had this series kind of like far back on our TBR list and it was moved, moved forward a little bit once that announcement was made. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's definitely fair to say. Yeah. So, and the first book, I'm not a serial killer, did not disappoint. We re- We already have a review for that. It's been made into a moderately successful movie that you can watch on Amazon Prime. So I guess the first question we have is if I Am Not a Serial Killer was a one-hit wonder or not. Yeah, I would say definitely not. I mean, I think that the second and third books are at least the same quality, if not improve on I Am Not a Serial Killer in some ways. In a lot of ways, actually. I think that you definitely see the growth of wells throughout these books and that he knows what really worked in and i'm not a serial killer and focus on those strengths that's fair so yeah because it's it's pretty easy to with like a book that's based so strongly around like a specific concept mainly like a protagonist fighting against his uh psychopathic tendencies um right like that's easy to wear out that concept like pretty quickly right so I was, I like you, I, I was relieved that it was, he was able to find ways to make it interesting going forward. And I think in part that is because he decided to go like the more, he decided to make the, the monsters instead of people, right? Yeah. I think that that allowed him to have a lot more space to move around because realistically, like <laughs> that's the only way this could have worked going forward. I mean, he could have just, I guess, found more serious, like, normal yeah like the dex kind of like the dexter route i haven't yeah but like much dexter realistically like is a 17 or 15 16 17 year old kid going to be able to do that like without upending his whole life versus like if he has like monsters coming to him like that's like a little bit different so yeah i think that it it was able to transfer into being like the the longevity of the series was like i think made possible because of that choice right and then kind of finishing the first the first book i was kind of worried about that like i was like oh there's six more of these i guess five more plus a plus a novella like how is this gonna work i think I, yeah you know like i i enjoyed uh john wayne cleaver's character uh through the first book but it's like oh man this might really wear on me and this is just a review of the first trilogy mm. 
but for sure i will say that by the ending of the first trilogy he he hadn't started to wear on me yet uh see i kind of i kind of disagree with that like i think to me i'm in the middle of the fourth book right now and i mean i won't spoil anything but like it's his personality has kind of gotten tiresome for me a little bit throughout as the series goes down mostly because it doesn't seem like he's learning anything new or like you know what I mean? Like he always asks the same question, like, what does the killer do that he doesn't have to do? Like, I don't think yeah. he ever asks anything other than that, right? So yeah, I would I would and maybe that's believable because really like all these things have been happening like rather quickly to him. But like as an audience member, it's not like super enthralling to read that, you know. Yeah. I, I will say I don't think throughout any of the books the mystery of who the killer is is really that intriguing at all like it's Mm. usually pretty obvious i'd say within the first act of the book who the killer is i think the more interesting thing is watching like john's character figure it out but also just decide what he wants to do with that information that was definitely the case with the first book like he knew those um cowley what what, that's his name or his next door neighbor like he knew that within like seeing him murder the hitchhiker and like I don't know the first half of the book and so it was more like figuring out how to take him down figuring out if he even wanted to kill him or you know so I agree with yeah that. watching him struggle with, yeah watching yeah. him struggle with that information I I do wish that with all the books <laughs> the mystery of who the killer is would it would be handled better mm. like kind of or just I don't know usually like we can talk specific so let's get into full spoilers for okay, the first full spoilers. so this is three books we'll we'll start with the second book and then move on to the third book what about yeah. that so i'm i'm just trying to keep them straight yeah so the second book was, was mr monster yeah right okay yeah and the killer for that one was, was the was the fbi like that was was he fbi or just yeah he, he yeah was, he was the fbi just, yeah I mean that one was so obvious. Did you did you see that coming or not? I mean, or I just I read these very quickly. Like I listen to them. Like I, I I like binge listen to them. I can't remember if I binged that one on a road trip or something. So I don't know if I caught the fact that it was, but like I also wasn't like stewing on this, you know. So, yeah, but it's just like, oh, here's this brand new character that's kind of important. Yeah. And and yeah, for sure. yeah I, I think like again, it's not disappointing because that's not the point of the book. The point of the book is like oh man how is john gonna live gonna work with this um whether that like is messing with people's minds and emotions and how like yeah i i just feel like that's more the point whereas the mystery could have been like wasn't really a point but i do wish it could be done better yeah i i agree with that i also like i think the point of the second book at least was to explore like john's relationship with his friends and school and all these different things like maintaining a sense of normalcy you know what i mean like i don't want to spoil anything but by the end of the third book that's you can tell that that's just all going to be thrown out the window right like so i feel like the second book was like okay so here's john trying to you know have a relationship with his mom and have and like you know get closer with Brooke and like all these different, you know, things that like normal teenager would do. And I think that the book is more based around that than like the like murder mystery demon part of it. Yeah, I agree. And again, where this, where these 
books really do shine are the character development aspects of it and specifically John's character, but also like when he spends time developing outside characters like, yeah. um, like Brooke and like the Marcy, Marcy, like the, these characters get a lot more, you know, intriguing and you relate to them a lot more and care about them a lot more. Yeah. So I like, for example, I think that like Brooke kind of asking him out on dates was really cool. I appreciate that. You know, when they went to the, and like how each of their dates dates is interrupted by a murder of some kind. It definitely like leans into the, you know, like just cheesiness uh, or at least the, I don't know, the pulpiness of the, of the series, mm-hmm. which I appreciated, but like, it's also like, like, you know, Brooke planning cute dates for him, like wh- where they pretend to be tourists and stuff. Like all that is really endearing. And it shows that like, it kind of gives you an outside perspective of John that we didn't really get before. Cause the only perspectives we really view of him is like how he views himself or how his mom and therapist view him, you know, which are like really kind of skewed because they know all the like dirty laundry type th- stuff versus this time we have like Brooke who just like sees like a earnest guy that saved the day. You know what I mean? So yeah, I enjoyed that part of, of Mr. Monster. That for sure is a really interesting take is when you start getting seeing other third parties view of him, because like there is a reason why the Crowley's welcomed him into their home. Like that first book, because sure. he yeah. just seemed like a, you know, quiet, maybe kind of weird kid, but like that. Kept he was just willing but... to go over and watch fire all day with Crowley or shovel his driveway and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where he feels comfortable. Like he feels comfortable doing things that, you know, I, I think that was a, that that's a good point. I do also think that they stepped up the game kind of in terms of like the intensity of it, like mm. with the murders and stuff in the first book, you saw them, but it didn't really go into a lot of detail until the, yeah until the end when, when it got really into what John was doing. But throughout it, it was like, Oh, he saw, it was kind of graphic, but I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like. Yeah. So I feel like the reason behind that was, John was really wrestling, I feel like, in this book with, you know, like the book starts out with like fantasies of him killing Brooke, right? So like you have these two different perspectives of people from the outside trying to like get closer to him and like them, then him internally struggling with like the fact that he still like wants to kill, right? And so I think the way to, that it was resolved in this book, a little bit of the tension was resolved was showing him like this, basically like, holding Foreman up as a mirror and being like, this is what your fantasies are all about. Like, would you actually do this? And he kind of has like, you know, the opportunity to with, with Brooke at the end with Foreman and he like chooses not to, you know? So Mm. I I feel like that was, although maybe like a little bit over the top, which, you know, everything in the, in the series is like a little bit over the top. It's still like kind of showing John that he, no, he doesn't really want that. Like he's, you know, might struggle with some things, but he would never like allow himself to take it that far. Hurt, yeah, hurt somebody that he cares about. Yeah, I agree. But nonetheless, like it was pretty intense in that like kind of creepy cabin in the woods type thing where they had the like the women that were being tortured and stuff. Yeah, and like you kind of <laughs> the yeah, one that was dropped in the wall. Yeah, one thing. Did we ever get any like res? I always thought that was going to be resolved more, and like really is oh, the, the wall. Yeah. Oh, she's she died. 
Well, I know she died, but like, I mean, the house was burned down. And well, they found I, yeah, the remains of like the person, like they found her remains. Yeah, I just thought that was going to be more significant because it was such an interesting idea. But like, like I you think just that kept... was just the idea. Like, you know, and I mean, it made the whole, the fact that like the boyfriend burned down the house, like made him even worse. worse. Right. Yeah, I agree. But it's just like that. For some reason, I, I thought that she was going to be like some some kind of like supernatural being or like something. But no, she was just like a enhancement for Foreman's like withered sensibilities, you know, like because he was able to kind of draw on two different like the emotion, like the emotions of the person that he was torturing. And then also like her emotion. Yeah. And so. how was and she, she he was just keeping her alive in the wall? Like, yeah, she was hooked up to a bunch of IVs and stuff. They said they found like a bunch of medical equipment. Yeah. Anyway, that was just really Very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Really but, creepy that it just, you didn't, you didn't really, I don't know. I felt like I missed something, but I didn't like, kind yeah, of, I got it. Right. But like, it was just part of the house of horrors. Right. Like, and again, it's like, I, I agree that like it was over the top a little bit, but it also, I feel like it did perform the function of having John confront all these things and kind of being sickened by them, like being fascinated by them, of course. But being sickened by, sickened by them as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, anything else about the second book that really stood out? It's been it's been a while for me. I read them in October. It's now January. So yeah, I think that uh, the way that like him and Brooks' relationship and like progressed and then ended was like done pretty well. You know, like the fact that she couldn't like unsee what she had seen and like would associate with them and that with that like she's like i know like you're a good person i guess but like i can't you know disentangle this experience and like i saw that look in your eye you know so <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was good and i was kind of nervous of that they were gonna like he was gonna do like the will they won't they thing in the third book but i was pleased that he found a way to you can move on from that without having it be too whiplashy yeah i agree so anything else i think i was glad that i don't know so a few things like he kind of i i wish that, that he would have kept on his kept his relationship with matt or whoever his friend not friend was like i feel like that kind of fizzled out you know like did so much work yeah. with like oh his dad died like i don't know like i feel like that relationship kind of went nowhere well, yeah, that one didn't really work for me in the first book either, though. So, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't know. Like, um, I did think that the twist with the boyfriend, not the twist, it wasn't a twist, but it was an added plot element with a abusive boyfriend with, with a sister was interesting. Although it felt kind of shoehorned in at times, you know, because I, like they had one dinner with him and then <laughs> I'm glad it was there, but it was also yeah kind of weird i know what you I, mean. yeah it, it felt like it was just there to be a red herring you know yeah yeah so. and to get give john like a reason to get in trouble so i don't know i but overall like a solid book like if you enjoyed the first book i would hope you would enjoy this one you know if you like enjoyed the first book enough to like want to continue reading in the series i think that this yeah. did a good job of like picking the series up and giving it and plus like him finding the um foreman's phone at the end i felt like that was a nice touch with like how he could reasonably like expect to keep on hunt like hunting diamonds you know i i think that dan wells does an amazing job with the primary characters 
like John specifically. They does a good job with the secondary characters like Brooke and Marcy. And um, then he does a pretty bad job. And his mom. Yeah. yeah, I'd say his mom is, especially in the first book, more in the secondary secondary ca- characters. Yeah, camp. secondary. Yeah, I think she does. He but does. then, like, yeah. all the tertiary and beyond characters, I think are, like, one of his weaker soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, they're such short books. I mean, you can't really, you know, blame him. But, yeah, it is what it is. Like, they don't have too much personality. or If they do have a personality, it's just, like, a one personality trait. Kind of like his friend. Like, his friend is just dumb. Yeah. I, so, that's something, I think, kind of connecting it back to him being tapped to write in the Cosmere. Like, that's something that could be kind of worrisome, I guess, is that, like, you know, with with bigger series, it's much more important to, like, even for those, like, tertiary characters to kind of be fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah, but if they can be tertiary characters that Sanderson writes and then they become like a primary character for the book that he writes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Picture like him writing a Moash book. Like how cool would that be? You know, yeah. or like, I, I don't, we, we shouldn't spoil too much about the Cosmere, but like, I think you could think of a lot of characters in from the Stormlight to Mistborn that he could take and, and do a really good job with writing in That's a fair. novel. Okay, okay. All right, so the third book. Is that I don't want to kill you? That was the name. Yeah, I don't want to kill you. Yep. Nice, nice kit. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, um, the second book was rated four point one stars on Goodreads. This one's four point two stars. Yeah. How did you like this one? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that the I think for me the series goes first. Number one was the best. Number three was the second best. Number two was the third best. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I I really liked this kind of stick in this one. Um, like the jumping, jumping withered that would go infect the minds of, of young women and like slowly drive them to suicide. I think it does a good job in and of itself of serving as like a, like a nice scare factor as well as like you know a pretty good meta commentary on like society and stuff and like the rising suicide rates and young women yeah. and young men too, but for different reasons. Yeah, like I think it was good. Yeah, I agree. I also like the fact that there's like an actual normal serial killer in this one. And that I felt like that was kind of a nice gotcha moment where it's like, okay, not everything has to be mystical. Right. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was a good, a good twist to it. Yeah. Cause you're always trying to connect them. Like, Oh, like you kind of figure that it's not just the teenage girls committing suicide. Like, like that they're yeah. not just like, you know, it's not really adding up. And it's not really adding up with the other serial killer, but like, yeah, see, this feels much more like a, it's not like a Sanderson book where there's like a Sander Lynch, but it's much, it's kind of more like a M. Night Shyamalan book, right? Where it's like, okay, you have like maybe clues that you could kind of be putting together a little bit more with like the suicides and stuff and how those kind of become important near the end, you know? So I, I, I enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed Again, like I mentioned when we were talking about the first book, I enjoyed that he that after him and Brooke's relationship uh, ended, that Mar I think it's Marcy, right? Yeah, she kind of stepped in, and I enjoyed the fact that they were like solving crimes together. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and I it yeah. immediately made me like I don't really want to compare the two, but it, like made me like her kind of more than Brooke. You know, yeah, she was willing to like, like like appreciate John for who he was for like, you know what I mean? And maybe that was just the fact that they spent a lot more time together, right? Like, 
Brooks was like a two dates type, you know, situation. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that was just John being willing to share more of himself, I guess. But and the fact that like her dad was in the police force, he was kind of using her for that in, in the beginning. But yeah, I really I thought that was a highlight for me. Nice. So yeah, I thought their relationship was good. I thought, oh, I, I don't know, with with him trying to like put the clues together and like teaching other people how to do that and like teaching them the questions that to ask. I feel like that's kind of that that part to me has gotten old. I, I but it's necessary for him and Mercy to do to do it together. But like, okay, Dan Wells, like we all know that this is how you think that like serial killers are profiled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That that part was starting to get old for me. <laughs> what did you think of the deaths? So so we had like um we had the suicides, which was no nobody. Um and then we had the uh local community figures that were all being um killed for kind of like a like religious pseudo-religious reason and either like their tongues would be cut off or their hands would be cut off or whatever so it's like you know kind of harkening back to the verses of like if your tongue offends the or like your eye offends the pluck it out if your hands of hand offends the cut it off so i thought that was pretty cool i thought you know it's i guess believable for um a serial serial killer to take the bible that literally so yeah i i thought that was well done what yeah i was you? more thinking yeah no i do i agree i think that the serial killer part was um uh, was done well and i did like that there were two killers in this one i think that this is where the book that probably i had the least idea of what was going to happen in terms of like the actual serial killer i I figured that the weather that somehow a weather was causing the suicides one way or the other, but I didn't really think of like a body body hopper. Yeah. What about like the, the gut punches, like his, his mom. Oh yeah. So those deaths. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked, man. I mean, basically like everybody from his tying him down to his life here is gone. Right. Like his mom sacrificed herself to save him, which I thought, was very in line with what her character would do. I mean, in in one sense, she's kind of been sacrificing her life the entire his entire entire life, right? Like she does everything she can to um, coexist with a psychopath, and uh, you can it's clearly taking a toll on her, right? Like kind of constantly. I don't know if living in fear is the right word, but like on edge that he's gonna mess up, or you know, she's always like making him say the like recite his mantras before he leaves so i feel like it's emblematic that she like ended up giving her actual life form too uh so i i like that but it was it was hard to see same with i mean same with brooke and mercy too i mean it was just like holy cow yeah that was tough that and was- i guess brooke is like still you know functional and that was cool to see them kind of go off and brooke being there to like you know try and fight you know like being willing to join the team is assembled you know so that was good but mercy committing suicide before he could get to her was just like dang i know that was a little bit too slow that and that was one of those times where it's like you wish that he would just somehow like keep her on the phone keep her you know keep her talking but at the end yeah i mean but at the same time it's like now that we know nobody like could have just not cared about that you know what i mean like yeah, you you kind of, but the thing is with nobody is that she, 
she can be reasoned with in some ways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she could have, she might've been, you might've been able to tell her how beautiful she was or whatever and made her yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, he, he is quite you know, persuasive when it's be. So yeah, I, I know. I think I texted you like immediately after finishing. It was like, dang that that's crazy. You know? Cause again, with the, with the series, like you never, like you felt like most of the characters had pretty big plot armor, right? Like John certainly does. And that's just kind of like the only deaths you see are like just the bad guys. Know, yeah. But either bad guys or nobodies, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like for not, sure. NPCs, you know, it's just, so that was, that was pretty crazy. And yeah. so, okay. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's clear at the end of this book that John is about to join like an FD, FBI team that, and like leave, right. Like go off. Right. That's, that's pretty clear. So that is one thing i dislike when i can tell authors kill people off to like set i feel like I, yeah to set to set up plot things for future books like i don't know that's it all seems kind of cheap to me <clears throat> so i didn't love that but i mean maybe that's just you know the way that it needed to happen but i mean again like the mother could have just been like all right i know that this is your calling like see ya call me you know yeah yeah i could see that so i don't know i kind of wish that would have happened but i guess that you know depending on how he wants to go with the series like john just needed to like only rely on himself from this point on or whatever yeah and john would have always been worried about his mom and going back to check on her and stuff so what did you think about john sparing the life of the serial killer yeah i and that was really interesting i i was glad he did you know i think it kind of kept his humanity in check especially because again he could see himself in him a little bit yeah so i think you know it's one of those things where i'm glad he did it but yeah yeah it's like so he was willing to draw the line at only killing the withered or the cursed cursed or whatever but yeah i thought it was kind of like i don't know man like if you're gonna like this person's yeah. killing people like yeah gotta take him out, you know like but he he had him trapped pretty good right like until the cop i can't yeah didn't they i feel like he fought back for a little bit and no yeah that's what happened john was gonna spare him or whatever and but then the guy fought back like lunged took him out and then john was able to talk him into basically killing himself oh killing himself oh yeah that's right yeah so I, I thought that was good. You know, like, you, you know, it showed kind of like the fact that John is more capable, like capable for more reasons than just like uh, stalking people and figuring out how to kill them, you know? So, yeah, but she is good at that true. too. So what about the, the priest? I mean, that's again, like an example of like, kind of like the therapist from the first book, right? Like a character that's kind of introduced. I mean, I guess the therapist dies, but like, I don't know. I kind of wish that, uh, that the priest guy could like, Stick come along give, yeah give that's something give that, like dresden does really well is they you know it kind of and introduces yeah the psych side character and then that side character just kind of pokes his head in every once in a while until he like ends up becoming a main character yeah no i agree he does yeah so anyway that's if you haven't read dresden that's fine but like i feel like that's uh there needs to be more of that if we're like six you know if he's going to be six books deep six books deep in this series he needs to have a developing yeah. cast of characters yeah, these are pretty serialized. You don't get that as much with these books. Yeah, but even serialized things, you could... I mean, I guess I'm not too much of an expert in serialized things, but I feel like they end up having the mortician or the 
I don't know, detective that pops in every once in a while, you know? Yeah, so. no, I agree. It, it goes back to the tertiary characters, not, yeah, doesn't do a great job with them. Yeah. I think it's also interesting that John needs somebody to, like, pretty consistently, like, either take out his frustrations on, which is like the kind of the priest here, or like throw theories against the wall. Like, he needs like an outlet a lot of the times. Somebody to talk to. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that's his mom, sometimes that's his therapist, sometimes that's Mercy or the, you know, but like he needs for however much he thinks to himself that he's like solitary and like a introvert and doesn't need outside contact. Like he ends up needing it, you know, and he ends up seeking it out. And a lot of times that's put in the guise of, I can't figure this out myself because I don't understand how people think. So let me go ask somebody that does. Let me go ask. Yeah. Which, you know, fair enough. But yeah, so I don't know. I thought it was good. I again like the climactic scene of like nobody like like these are very like you like like Hollywood cinematic scenes, yeah. right cinematic scenes right like you got like goo that's climbing out of a body like into his mom or into him and he's like fighting it out and then it crawls into his mom and then he has to like his mom runs and jumps in the fire like that's oh man you know like. Yeah, it's pretty visceral, intense. you know. And yeah. even like before that, like him building a fire or like soaking the car in alcohol with the intent to like trap Brooke in there. Like that's all that. I'm like, oh, is he really gonna do this right now? Like, I know. That's... Yeah, and that's the thing is, you never know what line he's gonna cross and when he's gonna cross it. You know. Like, yeah, the... that is the thing. It seems like it's always him getting close to lines in the third book, especially, and then like backing off from it. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, maybe I'm gonna like do this, but no, I won't. You know, like maybe I'll kill the human serial killer, but no, I won't. Or maybe I'll, you know. So yeah. anyway, I guess that's true for the first, uh, for the second book as well, where it's like, oh, maybe like I can just participate in light torture. You know, oh, no, yeah. I won't do that. You know, I don't know. I which again, it's interesting because it's exploring this. Um, you know, like that's the whole point of the series on some level. So, yeah, I think, again, if you're three books in it, deep into it. So what about this? Would you recommend people stopping here or continuing on, right? Like, okay, this is an okay stopping point. Like if you've just kind of been lukewarm on the series, maybe you don't want to, you're further into it than I am. So, yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think if you've liked the series, then for sure, keep going. You know, like, I think that if you don't like the series then you shouldn't keep going because there's it's not going to get significantly better they they do change things up enough that you there's a chance that you might like it if mm. if you keep going but like if you really don't like it if you don't like john then there's no point in reading right i think if you're lukewarm on it then maybe it's like a good chance to like put it down read some other stuff and then like let it sit with you and then come back to it yeah and then if you that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think that I just, I was enjoying enough. That I just binged the whole series, just like book after book. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. So I guess that, I don't know. Do do we want to do like a worst of the best for the first? Uh, yeah. I was going to say worst of the best for the. Okay. I, it sounds like you have one. I don't have one yet. So I'll, I'll start thinking about one. The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick. But that's the segment. 
It's the pimple on the princess, the stain on the satin, and the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Oh, I, let me think. I don't know if I have one for sure, oh. but um, no, I, I can think of one. I think for sure the worst of the best. Like I've mentioned earlier, like the cop being the serial killer. I like. I wish either he would have been introduced in the first book, and then like been the killer in the second book. Like that could have been a really interesting thing where the killer, like he had a weathered hiding under his nose the entire time, like didn't even know it. Like, but just as it is, just like introducing the the cop. And then a hundred pages later, him being the killer. I don't know that it it just didn't really work for me. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm going to say worst of the best for me is like nobody's like her motivation, right? Like seems like for a 10,000, like, first of all, I I think it's the best because I, I am intrigued on like this parasitical host, right. That like ends up taking over bodies, but it seems like, for a 10,000 year old entity to be still struggling with like teenage girl angst is like kind yeah. of a stretch, you know? So I, I was like a little bit not sold on that. Like maybe that is just, maybe it's really cool because that's something that certain people never get over or whatever, like body, uh, like people with body image issues and stuff like that's like a lifelong struggle. And you can maybe like say that that's a commentary and like you said, like it's a meta commentary on like youth suicides and stuff. Like there's definitely things that could make that cool, but like, I think you're really pushing to read into those, <laughs> you know, like either make them a little bit more like explicit and talk about them in a responsible way. But it seems like a little bit too like on the nose to really be like indicative of like those deeper issues. Like for me, it was just like this, like, struggling with teenage angst and wanting to be the popular girl like that's i don't know it just not it didn't really yeah I, yeah i can see where you're coming from it, it 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 hurts to say but it felt like a middle-aged man writing for a teenage girl you know like <laughs> a little bit to me you know it's like oh you know you know, teenage girls will always want to be the popular girl in school so it's like have this really cool withered person that can take over anybody she just ends up taking over yeah and then becoming obsessed with john yeah it's it's hard yeah it's hard like i feel like it's a i feel like it's a good enough idea that it didn't really pull me out of it but i see i totally see where you're coming from like yeah i think it could have yeah it could have been done better i don't think it was done offensively bad no no i don't uh, yeah maybe not offensively bad but it just but but again if you if you maybe if you did struggle with those things then maybe from for me it felt like an idea that was forced into he probably had an idea of this plot, like that he wanted an actual serial killer. And then like the string of youth suicides that were going on in the school. And like, he's like, Oh, how can I do that? Oh, let's do it. You know, like have a withered be like somebody that's obsessed with being, you know, like never good enough or I don't know. So I could see kind of where the idea like comes from. I just, again, felt like it was maybe not done as well as it should have been. Yeah. I can see that. All right, fair enough. Okay, so I want to end with, so again, we've talked about the way that the series is set up is that there's three books and then there's a book that's literally like 3.5 and then the second series, right? So 
Oh, I don't even know the name of the 3.5 book. Do you remember the name? I didn't um, read it. So. Ne- Next of Ken. Okay, yeah. So you haven't read it. So like I'm looking on Goodreads right now. It's literally book 3.5 called Next of Ken. So I, we won't spoil anything because, because, you know, we said we were only going to talk about the first um, trilogy. But so Josh, you didn't read this. I did read it. First of all, it's like uh, probably 100 pages. You know, it's pretty short. But I'll just kind of take like a moment to describe what it is. So basically you're not in John's, he's not the viewpoint character. You're in another person's viewpoint character. And this, the events of this book take you to about halfway through book four, um, which is the devil's only friend. So like you get to a scene in the devil's only friend, which is approximately halfway through the book that you are seeing now from John's perspective that you saw from um, the other perspective in, in book and next of Ken. So if you don't want to read, like say, I don't know, like say you're listening to these books and you can't find the audiobook or something like that. You don't have to, you're not going to miss anything um, that's plot important because again, you end up having those gaps filled in for you, but it will be a different reading experience if you don't read it. Yeah. I can say for sure that like, I kind of wish I would have gone back and read it. I just when, when you say reason. gone back, do you wish you would have just read it? No, in no, I don't wish I would have gone back. I wish I would have read it in order. Yeah. Um, having said that, I wish, because I think after you finish the fourth book, then there's really no reason I can read it. Yeah. I mean, if you if you like love the series and just want to live in every aspect of it, then sure. The the reason I skipped it is because I they didn't have it available as an audiobook. Or is it? I don't know if any book on any of libraries. Did you read it or listen to it or what? I read it, but again, it was super short. Like yeah. I probably read it in a couple hours. Yeah, I I think I forgot what I was doing, but I was in a position where like I just I could only listen and I just wanted to keep knocking them out. So like I don't really regret not doing it, but like I think it would be a better experience to read it than to not. That's my yeah, that's it's certainly like a you know, it's it's a unique thing that I haven't seen. I can't think of like off the top of my head, I can't think of another story that that's done this, you know, that's kind of like imagine if um, the best way you could describe it is like imagine if like uh, you know the the little novellas that are in between each Stormlight book yeah like I think I, Don Chard or um, yeah I think that's a perfect way to do it, it gives but you a different again perspective on that yeah it's it, but like those are kind of have been self contained side stories but like imagine if those stories like were like interwoven with the actual plot of the next book well they kind of are like. Ah, you ne- you never I, get I like that... a convergence, right? You never see, oh, this is right where Donchard ends and here's uh, the same scene from a different perspective. Okay, fair enough. I guess I haven't read it, so I can't talk too much on it. But like, I do feel like the plot of the of the books do make their way into the Stormlight books. Yeah, and very tangent. This is like two main characters like kind of meeting up, you know? So you, I don't know. It's It's a cool thing. I appreciated it. I would recommend you read it, but I don't like, again, I said, you're not going to miss any like plot essential points without reading it. So yeah, that's, uh, I think that's, that's about all I have to say without like giving, getting into spoilers for the, for the next set of books. So yeah, expect one more review. I think that we're going to, I don't know. I'm just about to finish the devil's only friend. So then I'll have two more books. Josh, you've already read all of them, right? Yeah, I've read all of them. So I think we should just do it review of the third of the second trilogy after you've finished that okay yeah that's fair it'll probably take me i don't know i'm starting school back up so it'll probably take me 
another few weeks. months to get these read. A few months. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, who knows? But I noticed that the last one to be published wasn't like. Is he done with this series? Do you know? I think he's done, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's probably for sure done now that Sanderson hired him. All right. Well, thanks, Josh, for chatting. Um, thank you all for listening. We would love to hear your thoughts. I don't think we have a channel specifically for this uh, for the series because we haven't had like a ton of interest expressed in it. But if you want to hop on our Discord, um, we'd be happy to have you. Just sort of, just search Phantology Podcast on Discord and you should be able to find us. You know, we'd love to. If you disagree with our opinions, tell us. If you agree with them, tell us. But we we love to chat on there. You know, you can add us on Twitter. Hit us up on there. And thanks again for listening. All right. We'll see you.